everyone. Welcome to the Chicano Chicana podcast. My name is Alejandro Jimenez. I am really excited to kickstart this podcast. For the first episode, we will have a guest speaker, my colleague who recently graduated from California State University, Monterey Bay with honors. Please welcome Rick Moreno. How are you doing, man? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Good to be here. Good to be here. It's great having you here with us today. We studied sociology and we have known each other for about two years. We had a few courses together taught by Professor Armando Arias and Lorenzo Covarrubias. So tell us, what made you decide to concentrate in sociology? What got me into sociology was I explored my options in Harnell. I was here and acting a fool, basically. So when I decided to get on the right track, I said, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? What do you want to change in life to help other people not go through you? I like saying one of my favorite sayings is that I tell the youngsters is, don't be making all these mistakes. I'm, I've already made all the mistakes for you. So I've already done for you what you think you're going to do. I've done all these mistakes. I like telling them, I've done enough mistakes for you guys. So I said, you know what? And Hartnell didn't offer what I really wanted, so I took history. And then when I, I, I was thinking that was going to be the farthest I was going to go, just Hartnell. I wasn't thinking any further than that. And so uh, one day there was a, they had one of those, what do they call it when all the other colleges come in and start lobbying and trying to get you to go to their college, like a, a forum. And so I was go, walking around, you know, and then I just stopped at the CSUMB desk and I asked about history, pursuing it further. They told me they didn't have one, but they offered sociology. And I said, that sounds even more interesting. So I took the plunge. I got in and Alejandro, we've been colleagues, we've been classmates. I did pretty well. I did pretty well over there. And I finally found my calling. I was working before this COVID-19 thing came. I was working at the at a nonprofit agency there in Chinatown, Victory Mission. And I was trying to utilize my skills there, but I didn't have the formal education yet. I had the smarts, I just didn't have the formal education. And again, I want to get back to the kids. I don't want them, because there's a lot of kids right now on the streets, and they should be in school. And they're not, because to them, they think education's a waste of time. And as we know, it, it, it really isn't, but it's hard to get through to them. I want to be the example that they can say. And yeah, it's been tough, man. It's been tough trying to get hold of them, trying to get through to them. They're worth it, dude. They're worth going the extra mile to try to, try to do. I know it, it sounds it sounds corny, but when they say, if you can even say one kid, it's worth it. And that's what I believe, bro. If I can even say one kid. Yeah, man, I totally agree with that. They're definitely worth it because it really sucks. I know you spent all these years in prison, but you took that time to reflect on yourself and your life. And you said, this is something I don't want anyone else, all these other youngsters to go through. We don't want to see the cycle continue. I've hit rock bottom too. I did some bad things as a kid. I didn't really listen to anyone. I didn't really have a good exceptional role model. But honestly, if I were my younger self, 17 years old, and you shared with me your experiences, I would have gotten out of the delinquent lifestyle earlier. Regardless of your regrets, you should be proud that you have a college degree. You graduated with honors, man. I did not want to go to college, honestly, when I was in high school but I have met other former convicts who spoke to us 
about achieving higher education. Truthfully, I'm proud of you, man. So you said you went to Hornell Community College here in Salinas, California. I actually graduated there in 2016, but my major was administration of justice. After my time in juvenile hall, I wanted to help out those repeat offenders or lost souls as I refer to them. Honestly, because I felt bad for them. I really did. Like some of these kids felt proud for coming back in. I'm like, no, dude, you're just stuck in, in the system. You're trapped in the system. This is not good. And honestly, if it wasn't for senior officer Jose Perez at the time, he was a senior officer, but now he's a supervisor. Last I heard, if it wasn't for him and my family supporting me, I would probably be dead or still in jail. There have been some tough times too where I felt like giving up. But again, uh, I had people supporting me such as Harnell Trio Director Manuel Bersman and the counselors there. I believe you can only get so far by yourself. So I was really lucky to be a part of the Trio family. Manuel, in fact, is a former Marine. So I sought his guidance because I recognized him as a true community leader. He told me to continue going to school, to transfer out. So I did. I transferred to California State University, uh, Fresno, and I studied political science there. It was a great campus, but I hate the weather, man. I really hated it. I enrolled there for about a year and a half until I burned myself out driving back and forth from Salinas to Fresno each week. I transferred then to California State, Monterey Bay, and majored in sociology. I honestly have no regrets because I felt more passionate about learning the effects of social institutions on human behavior than politics. Some really wonderful professors there, hands down, too. I also love how the classes are smaller and how the professors engage with each student more. It was not until last year, though, that I minored in music and performing arts. I wanted to combine both of my passions for creating music and bringing social awareness. I am expected to graduate this spring 2021, but I do plan on continuing on to graduate school. I don't know where yet, I'm still looking around. Anyways, I'm also currently working on a capstone project on racial disparity in Monterey County targeting the Mexican American community. The literature available is vast, but most lack theoretical frameworks. Like I said, we both want to bring social awareness and give back to our communities to lower the incarceration rates while also increasing the graduation rates. I feel like today's adolescents lack a good exceptional role model, especially the minorities. You grew up here in Salinas, right? Yeah, all my life, all my life. Okay, so you are familiar with the gangs here. They have been around for the longest. The other day, I watched a documentary on Netflix entitled Quincy. I'm not sure if you heard of Quincy Jones, but he is a renowned music composer and producer. Sure, sure. I know him. I know Quincy Jones. I know I have heard of him. Okay. In the film, he mentioned how he wanted to be a gangster up until he turned 11. His mother was taken to a mental institution when he was seven years old. He said, you wanted to be what you see or saw, and all we ever saw were gangsters in Chicago. That applies everywhere and a small town like Salinas is no exception. It is a sad truth, but I feel since we have lived through it, it is up to us to help our community, to help guide them. Quincy said, in order for us to know where we are going, we first need to know where we came from. 
most Mexican-American kids don't know about the history of Chicanos. They need to understand where they came from. Yeah. They, the reason they gravitate towards the gangs is because they feel a sense of belonging. Because they, a lot of them grew up in broken homes, no dad, and the mom has to work to support them. Or, unfortunately, maybe even she's a drug addict. Men are in and out, all that bad stuff. So they really don't have a father figure or a male figure in the house. They really don't. And the ones they do have are, you know, they're not good male figures. They go out and they hang with the gangs because it gives them a sense of the word carnalismo. It gives them a sense of carnalismo. And that's what they crave. They really don't crave anything different from any other person. Any other, Anybody else craves to belong to a, to a social group. It's just, what social group are you going to become a part of? Are you going to become a part of the Elks Lodge, you're going to become a part of uh, the, the KKK, or you're going to become a part of the Norteños. It's a social group. We're social people, and we want to hang with other people who share our own interests. And so it's natural that those people on the streets are going to share their interests. I've been there. I've been there. So it's a bad cycle. And the difference between us and, say, people that live in Beverly Hills is they have the resources. They go to the better schools. They hang with acceptable social groups, the sororities, the fraternities. But it's the same thing, bro. It's the same thing, bro, that we have a sense of wanting and belonging. I strongly agree. Let me ask you this. Have you heard of this nonprofit organization here in Salinas called Milpa Collective? Oh, yeah. Milpa, yeah. They had some bad publicity about a while back. Oh yeah, I can recall because one of their staff members was on a video call with an inmate. During that call, he threw up gang signs. Eventually, that video call was leaked. And honestly, that was really bad on his part. This man was representing the Chicano community and the nonprofit organization Milpa. I feel like there is a problem that we do have that because we don't have ideal Chicano role models and Milpa is basically trying to uh, set an example for the adolescents here in Salinas they are trying to have the adolescents to engage in arts and crafts and that's really cool and while also in introducing some of our old indigenous Aztec ideas which most Chicano rappers do not do there is more to Chicano being a Chicano than being in a gang we have to be careful how we allow society to perceive us because if we want to make real changes we have to have our voice heard we have to be included in politics to have a say that's going to take education though because what i'm hearing there okay i'm putting myself in the place of a 13 year old a 14 year old kid all they know is the saying it's all about the benjamins that's what they know it's it's, it's a quick way to get money so i have a little, i have a little nephew and i've shared with you little chug and he has his own podcast and from what I hear, he's pretty talented. I've listened to him and I'm like, I, I, I don't care for that kind of music, but I can appreciate the talent that goes into that. So, so I listen to this kid, I think he's 15 now, and he's very talented. But now he's starting to get into that, that gang lifestyle because he idolizes his older brother and his older brother is now looking at a life sentence. And, and yet this kid right here, my nephew, the one that's out, can, can make something of himself but he, he idolizes the wrong people and to them it's they have their focus on the wrong on the wrong goal you are older i'm obviously older we've already come to our priorities we know that what we idolized back then isn't going to get you anywhere at least not now you know why they control the destiny they control everything and they really still do dictate is success until things change we have to play their game to get anywhere you know that 
I wish it wasn't yeah. like that. They hold all the cards. And if you don't play their game, then you get nowhere. They'll throw a token Hispanic, token black or whatever, but ultimately they still hold all the cards in our society right now. So like it or not, we need to say, hey, you know what? All this fighting back against the system is good, but we need to do it in a positive way. We need to do it in a way that promotes our people until we do have a, a, a seat at the table, a, a, a more representative seat at the table, I should say. Not just one chair here and one chair there, diverse chair. And then again, too, you can even say, it's, you can go take that even one step further and say it's not, we could have a diverse seat at the chair and have LGBTQ community there. All these marginalized groups need to have a seat at the table. Yeah, they do because they are part of the they are part of society. And you look at TV now and you would think that the only people that exist are white people and they're actually a minority now. But yet you would think they're the only ones that exist. So I don't know. But I'm glad you're doing this at least to bring awareness to uh, a sector of the population that needs to be heard. Yeah, that was the whole reason why I wanted to kickstart this podcast. You brought some great insights, and I would love to bring you in again for future podcast episodes. Eventually, we will capture the hearts and minds of the adolescents and inspire them to be better. I'm not going to stop. We've been thrown. A, we've been thrown a couple of obstacles. The big one being this COVID nineteen thing. That's pretty much, you know, in everybody's way right now. It's hard to do anything with this thing. But I'm going to keep on trying. If whenever this thing blows over, I'm going to give it my best. Yeah, it was good. Uh, it was good at being on here and sharing what insight I have and uh, I congratulate you for doing this thank you very much Rick I appreciate it thank you again for joining me in my very first podcast episode thank you to those for tuning in if you enjoyed this podcast please be sure to hit favorite on the podcast page stay tuned for more episodes until then be safe wear a mask when going out and practice social distancing thank you